This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Time to shine the spotlight on the region from cartels controlling the price and supply of poultry in Malaysia to the possibility of Thailand and Vietnam increasing the price of rice to Anwar Ibrahim getting a new deputy president for his opposition party and more. We have on the line Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent with The Straits Times. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, very good. And our top story for the day concerns chicken. So how suppliers in Malaysia we're working overtime and rushing to set as many chickens as they could across to Singapore before the export ban kicked in today. Now, while this is happening, reports have said that the Malaysian authorities are investigating the possibility that cartels are controlling the price and supply of poultry. Now, how far-fetched is this particular theory? Well, you know, there's nothing really far-fetched about it at all. The existence of cartels, at least groups of people who are dictating the supply chain, the supply available, and also pricing is something that's been a big concern since 2015. And when the PH government came in in 2018, well, they were in power for 22 months, there was a special committee that was set up to actually look into this and try and deal with this thing. But when the government collapsed, this attention to this huge problem also fell by the wayside. And now the government is saying, please, that they need to look at it. The Malaysian Anti-Competition Agency is actually looking at this existence of this cartel, and they hope to report sometime uh, later this month in June. So all this very real, and as this export ban kicks in today, you know, I think the spotlight is going to be on these poultry farms, these broiler companies, and how they're dealing with this. So a lot of interesting stuff, I think, will happen in the next few weeks. Yeah, of course, the bad kicks in today. But how are Malaysian exporters reacting to this news now that it's actually become reality? Well, it is going to be interesting. I mean, I think one concern that people have is that once this ban comes into place, Singapore and other markets are going to look for new suppliers. And once those supplies firm up and cement, this, when Malaysian poultry uh, farms are allowed to get into the export market again, there may be no space for them. So this ban is knee-jerk and I don't think properly well thought of and could hurt Malaysia in the long run. Yeah, worrying times, not only in Malaysia, but here in Singapore. But hopefully that'll all be sorted soon. Let's you know, turn our attention to Malaysian politics. Party Keadilan Rakyat President Anwar Ibrahim will have a new incoming deputy in Rafizi Ramli, who beat Saifuddin Nasution Ismail to become deputy president for the opposition party. Now, what do you think the dynamics between these two will be like? I think for starters, Rafizi's victory is something that's positive for PKR. I think they need to go to a rejuvenation process. It's interesting here because it is one man, one vote in PKR, one person, one vote in, in PKR, which means that every registered member gets a chance to vote. So clearly this is the grassroots telling the leadership Anwar Ibrahim, we need change. We need new people in and you need to bring in new people. I think this is something positive which Anwar as the leader needs to seize upon. I'm sure he will have to accommodate those people, the senior ones who lost to, 
but he needs to now show his ability to build consensus and basically bring all these forces together ahead of general elections, you know, which could be held as early as late August or September. So I think this is going to be a big challenge for Anwar. And this coming election is very much going to be his last shot at becoming prime minister. Leslie, from your point of view, is this leadership duo what PKR need to beat uh, Barisan Nasional in the next election? Well, I'm sure this is what the party wants. So this probably will reinvigorate the party. But to beat Barisan, PKR can't go into this fight alone. Building other coalitions after the previous one under Pakatan Harapan collapsed, I think is going to be difficult. But at the very minimum, they need electoral packs to face Barisan National. Having three corner fights will decimate these opposition parties. So I think parties need to come together with some kind of informal agreement not to have three cornered contests and take Barisan one-on-one. That probably is the only way they can have a chance in the next election. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Let's move on to Indonesia, where 31 people have been rescued and 11 are still missing after a ferry ran out of fuel and sank in bad weather. Now, that's off the coast of Indonesia, of course. Can you give us a background of this incident, a possible cause? And are there any updates that you can tell us? Well, you know, this is very tragic. Ferry was sailing through the Makassar Strait in South Sulawesi, and it ran out of fuel and sank. Like you pointed out, 11 people remain missing. 31 were rescued by Indonesian authorities. But, you know, it's hard really to ascertain whether it was only 42 people on board. These ferries, which largely operate illegally, often don't have a proper passenger manifest. Passenger manifest that the authorities believe that they got is 42 people. But, you know, these operators are notorious for loading the ships beyond their capacity. We know with as many as, you know, sometimes as many as double the capacity of what these ferries can actually carry. So I think this is very tragic. What really needs to be done is to, you know, really start policing these operators and, you know, doing something really about it. But like I said, again, just completely tragic for people down there. Yeah, incredibly sad news coming out of Indonesia. Let's also talk about something else that's been in the news and it concerns rice. Well, the top producers, Thailand and Vietnam, are in discussions to raise rice prices together. This, according to a Reuters report, I have two questions for you. First up, why was India not included despite being the top exporter of rice in the region? And how will a price hike impact the region? Good question, because this is something what the Thai government has indicated it wants to do. Vietnam has so far said nothing about this plan. And what's interesting is that the Thai Exporters Association has come out to slam the idea, saying that it's poorly thought out. Because, to your point about India, because combined, Thailand and Vietnam's exports don't match up to India's exports of rice. So for any kind of strategy like this to work, you need, like you said, you need India on the table too, you know, with them. But the fact that India is not there shows that how this idea actually is unlikely to get off the ground. Because 
importers will be able to turn just to India to get their supplies. And that will leave the Thai and Vietnam farmers actually in the lurch. So not a very good idea. I don't think this is going to go very far. Yeah, well, it's a good thing if it doesn't go very far because everything else is rising. We've been in conversation with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent with The Straits Times. Thank you so much for your time and have a great rest of the day. Thank you. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.